Hello everybody, and it is a pleasure to welcome you all to the Purple Shade podcast. In this podcast, I'll be your host Alpine, supported by many Five Nights at Freddy's creators you know and love. The aim of this podcast is to talk and discuss different aspects of the FNAF community, and also get to know the people behind the content. In today's edition, I'll be joined by JSDuz FNAF, Kino Gaming, and Shaman Rabbit. We'll be discussing our history with FNAF, what we like and don't like, and finishing up with some hopes and expectations for the upcoming Five Nights at Freddy's movie. I hope you will listen through till the end, and let's get straight to it. Hi, I am JS, and I make FNAF videos, um, sometimes a lot of the times on the books, and a lot of times gameplay. And also, I have a second channel that talks about Star Wars, and yeah, that's it. (laughs) Hello, my name is Shaman Rabbit. I do mainly FNAF news videos, occasionally gameplay. I, I'm kind of just your typical FNAF news channel. There isn't anything special about me, but I'm happy to be on this podcast with Alpine. And I'm curious to see where this goes. So yeah, it's just a little thing about me. I'm Kino. I make FNAF news videos on YouTube.com. <laughs> Don't know why I say it. And um, I'm very small, but I'm hoping to get a bigger following as the years go by and I have a passion for Five Nights at Freddy's. <clears throat> Alright, hello everyone, it's, it's Alpine. I make FNAF stuff. And yeah, I, I'm very excited to be on this podcast and joined by the most incredible guests. JS does FNAF, Kino Gaming 28 and the one and only Shaman Rabbit. Honestly, it's such a blessing to make this podcast for you guys and uh, yeah, I make FNAF theory videos, I make FNAF discussion videos, news videos, just about everything else in between. And uh, yeah, welcome to the FNAF podcast. So the first topic we're going to talk about, we are going to do how we got into FNAF and yeah, how did you guys get into FNAF? I got into FNAF uh, around Five Nights at Freddy's sister location, right? <laughs> so at the time, I, I was a very big fan of indie games at the time. And I eventually stumbled across Five Nights at Freddy's sister location and it looked very unique to me because it had um, a very different look going for it. It had a very futuristic looking um, animatronics and all that stuff and I got hooked onto it. I played the game and I really enjoyed it and then I got interested in the lore. So I started watching theories by MatPat and um, and that got me interested in the story even more. And then it's just been a huge rabbit hole from there, honestly. I kind of just have been going with this franchise as each game and book has came out. And it's been really fun. Mm-hmm. I got into FNAF um, around the beginning. So OG shrugged the shoulder. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I got into FNAF um, at the very beginning. Um, well, first... My cousin introduced it to my brother because this is a time whenever we were living in Indiana at the time before, you know, we moved to this current place, which I'm not going to stay where. Um, but yeah, we were living in Indiana at the time and we went to go visit our cousins. And I believe, yeah, my the oldest cousin talked to my brother about FNAF and showed Markiplier uh, to my brother. And... Yeah, at that time I had, you know, no idea, you know, what what the game was and 
you know, I was with my other cousin, so I, I didn't know about the conversations. And it wasn't until I got home that my brother was like, hey, let's check out this video series called Finance of Freddy's. And we watched the videos and it, for not gonna lie, it scared me because at that time I wasn't a big horror fan. So like getting in, like looking at FNAF stuff was scary for me, but over the time I, I became really interested and it wasn't especially to like FNAF 3 when that came out. I was theorizing, I was talking about it and yeah, it just, uh, it, it just carried on. Um, I can't even tell you exactly when I got into Five Nights at Freddy's, it kind of just happened. But I do kind of have an idea of like the time frame. I think a friend of mine was playing it on his uh, tablet on uh, the school bus I was on at the time uh, on the way to school. And I'm like, hey, what's that game? He's like, oh, it's this game called Five Nights at Freddy's 2. And I played it and yeah, I, re I really enjoyed it. I was terrified. I hated every second of it, but I slowly began to love it. So I know for definite that I started getting to it around the time Five Nights at Freddy's 2 came out because Five Nights at Freddy's 3 wasn't even a thing at that point. Okay, oh, you get ready for a um, long story. <laughs> yeah, I've got a story to tell. I'll probably, I'll probably cut this out, but yeah, there, there's a very long story behind my interests in FNAF, and it's, uh, it's, it's quite a tale. I was away on holiday, and I was a mighty eight years old, so um, yeah, I was not really ready for horror games at all, and I was kind of just you know, chilling, I remember, and then, uh, like, I think someone was playing it on their tablet or something, um, or, like, iPad, I don't really remember, but I remember, like, watching it, and they got jump-scared by Foxy, and I have never, um, really felt anything quite like that in my entire life, uh, <laughs> like, the way, <laughs> the way Foxy just peeks around the door, um, and then makes, like, a horrifying sound and I, I, I was very little at the time I didn't really understand it so uh, yeah I kind of like jumped off that sofa and, and didn't sit on it again I only played it for as long as I died so <laughs> I got I got very scared of it and then uh, you know I'd go on to have night terrors about the game and um, it got quite bad <laughs> to the point where uh, I think nine years old uh, or ten I uh, I went to a Halloween trick or treating as um, Foxy. Uh, I mean, I, I, it was the worst Foxy costume you'd ever seen. The color wasn't even right. Um, it was basically just a fox costume and I stuck some teeth on it. It was um, not the best. Basically, my the start of my FNAF journey wasn't very nice. Um, <laughs> but it went on to Sister Location coming out, and that this was quite a lot later because I decided to not really associate myself much with FNAF 4, just watch popular YouTubers like Markiplier and you know like Dan TDM at the time. Um, uh -huh. I used to watch their playthroughs of FNAF 4 but I'd always um, skip ahead to make sure I knew when the jump scares were uh, <laughs> just so I could miss them out and then when Sister Location came out I really liked the fact that it actually brought some story into this and that's when I actually got quite invested um, because I started to see, you know, theory videos emerging and there was like there was a real sense of community about this game and people were actually coming up with, you know, story for the game and there was also like a lot of talk about it online. Mm -hmm. So 
um, when FNAF World came out, obviously still as a as quite a young person, it really appealed to me. And <coughs> a lot of people don't like FNAF World, but for me, I thought it was you know very cute and it was more up my alley because it wasn't so scary. So yeah. I, went, I played a lot of FNAF World, and that was one of the first games that I played like and like really enjoyed it because I wasn't so worried about being scared all the time. <laughs> Older, I went back, I think it was lockdown. <coughs> I went back, watched all of Markiplier's old videos again and, and got like some nostalgia with the franchise and then went back and played them all myself. And then mm -hmm. from there, I got really in, like invested in, in the FNAF community. And then I was kind of making videos on FNAF on my older channel, but then um, obviously it, 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 it was doing okay. But um, I kind of became more of a variety content creator, and then obviously, the year of uh, 2022, I decided to settle and you know settle in the community and make a new channel, and that's when Alpine Does FNAF was born. Nice. There you go. Very that's, cool. That's my long story of you, me we being just, a we just, learned, we just learned the lore of Alpine Does FNAF. You did. <laughs> And it, and honestly, <laughs> I could have gone into so much more detail, and uh, honestly, some of it is just too much information, but, you know. I mean, it's interesting. It's interesting. The lore of Alpine does FNAF. It was FNAF born out theory. of fear. The lore! Next, we're going to talk about our favourites. So, like, our favourite games and our favourite characters. My favourite Five Nights at Freddy's game is a game called Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach. Ooh, that okay, that might okay. sound pretty controversial, since I know Security Breach is usually rated as the worst FNAF game in the FNAF community due to its bugs and rushed feel of it. It's also the most mm -hmm. popular. Mm -hmm. and I feel like the bugs give it more humour and it feels more fun. Yeah, definitely more fun to play, Yeah. And, um... I had a rough experience with Security Breach at the beginning. I had it on the PlayStation 4 Slim at the time. Ooh, that was <laughs> the worst version to play it on. That's and what I had was, it on too. And it was rough, let me tell you. Especially in the atrium. Worst experience ever. But then at Christmas I had a PS5. And it basically felt like I went from 1 to 1000 really damn quick. And yeah... It, it became really good. I used to speedrun the heck out of it. Um, I have 379 hours on it. Don't wow. ask me how I know that specifically. It's because I it's because I have the screen pulled up my PS5 in case I want to talk about anything to do with it. But yeah. And my favourite character is Springtrap. Because he has, it's not really the character himself, himself, but it's the man inside of it, William Afton. Since he has a lot of lore. Mm. And he is the main villain of the franchise. And he has this huge story. And I, um, I find his lore incredibly interesting. My least favourite character would have to be a little character called Balloon Boy. <laughs> I was expecting that. <laughs> you see, Balloon Boy is his character in this game called Five Nights at Freddy's 2. And he steals your batteries. Yeah. And he has this very annoying laugh that I just wanna throw him out the window. <laughs> and then Weather Fox, he jump scares me, I scream. 
and then I make a whole Discord server dedicated to hating on Balloon Boy for two days. <laughs> you woke up and chose violence. You just went to an extreme. <laughs> like everyone <laughs> hates Balloon Boy, but that is a little too far. And and um, DD an Ultimate Costume Night, but we don't talk about DD. Uh, I'll say what my favorite Five Nights at Freddy's game is a Security Breach pre-patch specifically. Okay. Okay. Because I don't know something about the buggier version of it just felt more fun and replayable. Yeah, definitely. And it, it's better because you could do more and you could, you know, it felt more like it felt like a sandbox Five Nights at Freddy's game. Like you could just do whatever you wanted. And it was, it gave you more opportunities to speed run and uh, do all the stuff. And then when the patch happened, it, you kind of felt restricted uh, yeah, when it came to doing things. I mean, like, there's mm -hmm. a cheat menu and stuff, but like, without breaking right. the game, the it was it was kind of a charm about having the official yeah. game be so broken right. to the point where you can, you know, break the rules and. Right, you can duplicate it. It was almost like. It was almost like it was made to be, you know, you're this kid in the pizza place, of course you want to break the rules. And it was like, as a player, <laughs> you, you just want to break all the rules, yeah. you just want to break, break the boundaries. And it was it was super fun to play, I think, as well. Yeah, like, yeah. at the beginning, right, Security Bridge felt, like, very, very rushed. But that was kind of its charm. It felt like it was, It felt like there wasn't really a story, and you could do whatever you want. Say, my favorite Five Nights at Freddy's character is, I don't know, probably... Glamrock Freddy or Bonnie. I'm probably gonna say Glamrock Freddy just because he's more interesting. Mm -hmm. um, he has a great voice. His design's pretty nice. Um, the me mechanics, all those, not really that original. It's also kind of cool. Like you can climb inside of them. Um, it's really similar to the mass mechanic in FNAF 2 if you really think about it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but I'm thinking. I've been thinking this whole time about what my least favorite FNAF character would be. But it would probably have to be <laughs> within the same game, uh, what's his name? Burn Trap, because he's just so underused. He's just Like, there. he's just kind of there. Yeah. Let's chop as the side villain and let Vine yeah, right. take the main lead. Yeah. I think and they decided to take the... I think uh, they decided to take the, um, the I always come back thing too far. Yeah. yeah, we get it. He comes back, but I feel like but after it has other forms now, like he could have come back in the form of Glitchtrap or in form of the Glitchtrap virus, or he could have yeah. been a part of something else. He could have gone into the blob, maybe. Although that wouldn't have happened. Like there is other ways to do it rather than just for fan service bringing back yeah. a model yeah. which looks like Springtrap or Burntrap. Like a huge part of mm. fan service. Mm. There wasn't really a need for him to be there. He didn't even have any voice lines. He was there for an ending. He had like, like maybe two sounds. He had like a, a secret laugh and uh, there was like some you know hacking sounds and whatnot. So it's almost like- Yeah, I was like, hi, bye. It just, it <laughs> yeah. just felt like they tried to repeat the FNAF 6 ending really quickly because yeah. like you burn the place down again. It just felt like a huge fan service. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. But like, it didn't, it kind of failed at it. My favorite game is Security Breach. It you actually- it, it, All three of you uh, said Security Breach. No. Alright, am, am I okay to say, am I okay to say, like, if the game is tied? Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. It's tied between Sister Location and Security Breach. Ooh, now let me explain choice. why, okay? So, Sister Location, basically, was the first ever game to produce lines. 
like actual like voice acting from you know the animatronics, right? Because you know we got like voice acting, you know, from uh, FNAF one through three for the phone calls, right? But with FNAF Sister Location, it was like the first of like the animatronics even doing voice acting, and also it was like the first free roam esque game that we got because yeah. you know FNAF one to three. You know, just sitting in the office of FNAF 4, kind of free roam, but we still, like, went to the doors and stuff. But with yeah. FNAF Sister Location, completely different look. Uh, FNAF Sister Location, kind also, of, it was at the prime, kind of like, like, transition. like, the free roam in Sister Location is what gave us the most lore, and it was also how we got the secret ending. It was all based around the free roam, and without yeah. the free roam, you wouldn't have seen the ended ending and the exotic vutters and all of that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, a security breach. Well, it wasn't my favorite at the beginning, because, like, I think it was... Was it Kino or Shaman that said that they played it on the PlayStation 4? It was me. Yeah, it was was Kino. So, yeah, I was in Kino's spot uh, for a while. But, surprisingly, I didn't have any bugs. Like, I don't know if it's because it was in my play. I don't know if it showed up in my playthrough. I'm going to have to, like, relook at that. But just for me, I didn't feel like i had any like problem but it could have you know it could have showed up but like yeah i thought it was a very interesting time except though like you know the 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 resolution and the textures and stuff but the other stuff that was that was good um but then as soon as i got my pc um yeah it just looks so much better and then you know with the updates and stuff that came out like it's a running joke in my streams and my channel that, like, I love, like, the abandonedness and, like, the fog in the area. So, like, the very foggy texture around the Pizza Plex, that, like, that's just become, like, one of my favorite details that they added. Yeah. So, yeah. like, ever since they added all that updates, it's become literally it's my favorite, my favorite game. But it's... My favorite games. And characters... Uh, favorite would have to be, um... Yeah, it, it used to be Funtime Foxy for quite a while, but then it turned into Glamrock Freddy because he is just so gentle, he's so kind, and, like, if I ever met, um, like, Kellen Golf, I would say your, your Glamrock Freddy is so, so awesome and comforting because it sounds like a comforting character to go to, so that's what I would do and such. So People call yeah. me weird for saying that exact same thing. <laughs> I mean, I feel, like, I feel like that's what they were trying to do anyway. Like, you're, you play as a child. Right, right. You're a child. That, and... that, that, that child wants to feel protected. So, right. Glamrock Freddy was kind of its protector, like his father figure kind of in the game. But since Gregory is supposedly homeless, right? Mm-hmm. So, I feel like they were kind of thinking, let's make Freddy um his protector. Let's Let's make Freddy feel like... A father figure since he calls him superstar and all that stuff i know that every time he says superstar or something incredibly sweet to gregory my heart just melts every single and then um yeah my least favorite character is the plush babies oh my gosh I, there's, there's a reason, I remember there's, the there's a reason there's a reason why so i whenever i played help wanted on playstation you know, dealing with them for the first time, it's not that bad. But dealing with them on nightmare mode is so frustrating. Like, oh, yeah. it took me oh, almost yeah, the whole definitely. entire live stream just to 
I couldn't even beat them. I literally just rage quit it because it was so stinking hard. And I remember <laughs> did you eventually I saw... beat them? No, I did not. Whatever <laughs> I first saw the plus I need a stream of you going back breach. and beating them. Whatever yeah. I um I saw them in security breach, I'm like, why does this exist? <laughs> That's only not a why does this thing exist? So like, yeah, I mean, that like, is... I'll, I'll I'll check out your stream and see you try to attempt it again. Uh, yeah, I'll one day I'll stream it again to see if I can get it back. But yeah. All right. So my favorite game, I like a lot of these games, and literally all of them are, you know, my favorite. And I don't have one which I really dislike. Um, but a few like favorites to me have to be FNAF Two. Uh, definitely one of my favorites because it's just completely like chaotic and there's ten animatronics in that game, and it is honestly you don't get a minute's rest. Um, you've always got to check the music box, and you can put the mask on, but you can't leave it on too long. There's so much multitasking involved. Uh, it was nice to see the FNAF 1 animatronics back and in a state of ruin, but also it's nice to see like the new toys, and it introduced characters like Mangle, which were a real <coughs> turning point for the franchise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yes. yeah, it was it was just a really great game, and I feel like. They improved a lot of character designs as well, like with Foxy, uh, Withered Foxy, and Withered Bonnie was th those character designs. Those, were really those designs were phenomenal. Mm. Yeah, definitely, I, I really agree. And it was very controversial at the time to get rid of like the, the doors and stuff, but I feel like without the doors, you had a lot more freedom and you were more in control of what was going on. You had to watch those events, and if anything was there, you can't shut it out. You've got to face it either by putting the mask on or something like that. And I feel like it was a really, really good game. FNAF 3, it was very good, and I really enjoyed the game. It was the first game I actually got to uh, beat the 20 mode. Um, so I do have to, you know, that does have a special place in my heart. Uh, but its I don't think it's one of my favourites. Um, sister location, I need to give credit because everyone hates on it. Um, I think I think everyone hates on it. I, I, I know. I don't mind sister location. I think it's pretty alright. A lot of people in the community though have been divided by sister location, and I know. I mean, I like because of, uh, yeah, yeah. Popular channels like oh uh, yeah, and well, just many other YouTubers that have an audience have been able to share their opinions on sister location, and for the most part, it's not been very good. The fun times were just such special animatronics and they fe they featured like this new wave of technology and I feel like it was yeah. absolutely incredible. Um, definitely one of the better um, designs and for in terms of lore, Sister Location was a great game as well. Gave a lot of information and also just expanded the, the world of Five Nights at Freddy's as well. I love Security Breach as well. Security Breach is just such a fun game. It has a nice linear story, lots of replayability, amazing animatronic designs, um, good encounters, and good use of characters as well. Okay, so in terms of characters, characters that I really like, probably Toy Bonnie. Um, I don't know why I like Toy Bonnie's design so much. I feel like the color palette is great. Um, I love the toy like designs, uh, how they have like the cheeks and they're just so like shiny and they look brand new and they're just if you they, they really fit the toy name but also just like toy bonnie's green eyes how they complement like the shade of the blue um and like just from a 
so like design perspective i feel like they just have to be one of my favorites another one of my favorites is funtime foxy and it's funny but it the only reason why i like funtime foxy so much is well because of their design yes but also because they uh do the outro for all of my videos. So. Yeah. <laughs> ah, Undertaker. I'm I'm I didn't make yeah. that connection until now. I'm like, why I, does everyone like SpongeBob Foxy so much? Yeah, I don't know. I, I just, yeah, they, they, I mean, they like, it's it. a pretty good voice line for an outro. They, Funtime Foxy does my outros, and it's one of the best voice lines ever in Finance. It's time to take your final bow. Dude, it's a bop. Your why outros you, are Why bop. did you speak that outro anyway? Um, I got that from. It was it was like a TikTok sound effect, but I just heard oh, the guitar and I was like, "Oh, that is great!" And I know, um, it was like it was a TikTok, but it was completely unrelated to FNAF. And and I I got the voice straight away. I was like, "Is that Funtime Foxy?" And like some girl just like dancing. I was like, "Okay." <laughs> so I searched in the song, and then it was it was there, and I I I thought, "Oh, I'll copyright check this," and then it was fine. So I just used it. So that was great. That we're, we're learning so much lore about Alpine today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my next character that I really love is Enid, and this isn't really for anything in the games. If anything, I feel like Enid deserves more screen time in the games and more backstory, more lore about him. But Enid for me is a character that got some really good fan fan made creations and things like that. Specifically, I want to say Reach Animations with the incident logs. He, the models of Enid in that were amazing. And I feel oh, like yeah. Enid as a character concept, more, not really his application in the games, but more as a character concept, I feel like he works really well. Um, I feel like, you know, a clown is a naturally scary thing anyway. You know, you take a bear and you try and make it scary. Well, it's, you know, you can do that, but making something that is already scary into this, you know, pile of parts is just... It, like it's you know it's going to be scary before you even see the design and the fact that Enid is some sort of animatronic hive mind created by the other fun times it's really like it's a cool concept and also he's just like made up of all these parts it's like the blob before the blob and he's so creepy and he has such a creepy design um, mm -hmm. I just wish his application was better the last one is probably Nightmare um, oh, yeah, that's interesting. That's in that, yeah, that's interesting. I think that's really? interesting. I think he's a, like a super cool character. Um, he is definitely. I feel like, again, there was not much backstory about this character, and it's. Did Nightmare have a voice in UCN? I can't remember. I think he did, yes. Or was it? Maybe I'm getting it confused with Nightmare Fredbear, but. No, I think he also had a voice. Again, a really cool design. All those, you know, sharp teeth of the other Nightmare animatronics, but it's the mystery behind him. Uh, we, we don't get much about Nightmare in the games or in anything else, and he's kind of just there as like a final boss to one of the scariest games ever made. And mm -hmm. for me, yeah. that is enough to just make him something to fear. And FNAF 4 is so scary, but just at the end of the game, meeting this person and just having their jump scare. This is something I want to talk about too. Nightmare's jump scare fits directly in Nightmareon's mouth. So the Nightmareon teeth 
um, if you overlay them both, they fit into each other. And it's almost like he has some kind of backstory or he fits in the lore somewhere in the modern timeline. We just don't know. There is a theory, there is a theory that Nightmare and Nightmareon are the incarnation of death in yes, this yes, franchise. Yes, I have heard that. And I, That's a pretty good theory. Yeah, I love the theory. Also, also in Security Breach, right? In Security Breach... There is a Nightmareon plushie, and the Nightmareon plushie is not actually called Nightmareon, it's yeah, just called Nightmare, Nightmare plushie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which so, is interesting. Yeah, I feel like but... he has some sort of new role to play in this this current timeline, and I feel like he is definitely underused. He's definitely underused for such a cool character as well. Yeah. So next up we're going to be covering our favourite and our collected merchandise. So we're going to be going over our merchandise collections and our favourite pieces from them. Okay. Alright. I'll, I'll go ahead and start. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, there's a lot of FNAF merch I have. She has you know. a lot. <laughs> wow. I mean, um, that's dedication right there. I collect, I do collect the figurines and stuff, and um, as well as the games. I literally have multiple copies of Secure, actually only two copies of Security Breach physically, but I literally get them every single platform. Um, but what I mostly love collecting is the books. I don't know why, but maybe it's because I started my channel out that way with the books, but I love the books, and they're just beautiful. They're just really, really beautiful, and I I love them, and it makes my shelf stand out, and yeah, I'm just hoping no one gets worried whenever they see that, so <laughs> yeah, but yeah, mm. I, I love collected books. Are the books any good? Or the, I know they're very um, complicated. But some are some are good. Some are like what <clears throat> in the flesh, but Fazgoo. yeah, Fazgo. But overall, I I like them. They're really cool. So my merch collection is not that interesting. Um, I don't. I'm not really. I I'm more of a fan of the games than the merchandise. You know. Yeah, that's uh, understandable. Plus, um, I kind of feel like uh, a lot of the merch feels kind of rushed, except for, I feel like Funko rushes a lot of their merchandise. I mean, oh, take, yeah. I mean, take the uh, the security bridge wave action figures for example. I have um, this piece of merchandise that I really, really, really like, sitting in the corner of my bedroom, and it is the Glamrock Freddy statue. Oh, which one? Statues look amazing. Is, is, uh, is there multiple of them or is there just one? There's just one. Is it one. with Gregory? Uh, I'm gonna, yes, the one with Gregory. I'm gonna get the lefty statue soon as that looks amazing. Yes, like I love the way I love the way the, way the I love the way the puppet is like kind of crawling out of lefty. Since it's in the game the puppet is lefty, you know? And it's got all those mm-hmm. like colourful balloons and stuff with it as well. That's it's got the, the tile flooring. Balloon. Yeah. It just looks amazing. And, and the foxy and, um, one as well. The foxy one looks foxy great. Foxy one peeking out of Pirate Cove, also amazing. I love Foxy with a passion, but I feel like I'd rather go for the lefty one since that looks really cool in the way of possession of the puppet, you know? Okay, so my favourite piece of FNAF merchandise isn't actually FNAF merchandise, and I know that sounds crazy, but it is actually Fazbear Funverse merchandise because my favourite... Well, my favorite merchandise is actually Pop Goes the Weasel. 
Well, oh. that's the or the U2s. I have the Funko Fanbear Fanverse Pop Goes the Weasel plush, and I adore him. He is my everything. Uh, to finish, we're going to talk about some of our hopes and expectations, just to talk about the FNAF movie, just because recently it has been a big topic, and we wanted to discuss with you guys just some things about it, what we're hoping for, and our thoughts. Um, I don't want to keep my expectations high, though, because, like, I feel like if I do, then, uh, I feel like if the movie doesn't turn out to be good, that's a big if, though. If it doesn't turn out to be good, then, you know, my expectations are just going to completely, you know, diminish and stuff, but, um, I'm just hoping that it'll be good. I'm really, really hoping, and... Yeah, I know Scott um, definitely put his heart and soul into this, you know, making this movie for almost nine years now. Or, yeah, pretty much, you know, planning this movie for nine years. I can really tell how much, you know, dedication he wants. That's crazy to think as well. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really crazy. And it's amazing to think about it, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's... It's 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 crazy that we're finally, you know, finally getting this and I, I can't wait. And also it's especially very special for me because this movie was shot one hour away from me. Whoa. And like and the thought about that is like it's crazy that I'm in the state where they shot the movie. And I still and think you should have gotten spied on them. That is <laughs> absolutely amazing. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I remember when I first heard about that, I'm like, no shot, and I was like trying so hard to like, not like, because whenever we figured this out, whenever I saw this announcement, I was at a hotel in Texas, right? So I didn't want to like scream out loud and wake our neighbors and stuff, but like, yeah, it's, it's exceptionally crazy. Imagine and if you just drove that hour into New Orleans and just went to go see the facade of freddy fazbear's pizza place i wanted to but by the time i was there the place was already torn down oh I yeah see. it got put up yeah. and took down really quickly well i mean yeah the filming for the fnaf movie just flew by bro yeah i mean um what i don't I think it's done is, i would have just as soon as i heard about it i would have packed my bags gone back to new orleans got my camping kit out and just sat outside and waited for <laughs> dorko ryan um baz and razbowski to all just no, i had <laughs> <laughs> I had the weird idea of like, hey, I'm just gonna show up at the airport and just say, huh, they Because <laughs> I, I know what airport they went to. I know the airport. So like, <laughs> um, <laughs> but... I expect the animatronics to be absolutely amazing. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I expect them to look extremely accurate to the games, right? I mean, I mean, we got Jim Henson's Creature Shop working on these animatronics. You gotta remember that Jim Henson's Creature Shop is the creature shop. You know, like they have made all the huge um, creatures and costumes for a lot of movies. They made the Muppets as well. The Muppets are iconic. They made. Um, I'm trying to remember what else they made. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I have the idea in my head. Uh, they, they've made basically a lot of things and knowing that 
they're making that they're bringing the animatronics to life in the FNAF movie. It's just crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I, I was kind of confused when it says that that Elizabeth Leal, I'm pretty sure that was her name. I can't remember. Is cast. Yeah, playing Vanessa. Yeah, I was that like, was strange what? casting. I, think. I was like, how does that work if Vanessa was in security breach and? And this uh, is when we got to realize that they're, they're making their like, own yeah. storyline. Like, yeah, this is, a separate story from the games. This isn't yeah. gonna. It's based off the game, sure, but like the books, it's not gonna be accurate. It's not gonna be one to one. It's yeah, it's they just all reimagination, story. and they've got to make their own sort of story. It's a, it's a, it's a movie adaptation. Yes, exactly. That. Yeah. It's an adaptation of the games. It's creepy imagery of like, say, like we have spring, like a certain angle, for example. Darko said that the stage lights um, can make the animatronics look terrifying. If, if that if, if that makes any sense, yeah. it's like yeah, there is a lot. Of, dark, there's, Darko. there's a lot you can do with video as well. You know, filters and how many takes yeah. they, they actually do to get one small scene. And it's, it's little things like that where you can take something so simple and make it the, the creepiest thing ever. It's just yeah. the angle they take at, the, the filters they use, even the frame rate and things like that can be yeah. different you know, imagery. And it, it's just how it's presented, really. Yeah. But there's so many iconic characters after FNAF 1 to 3, which just aren't going to be in the film. So, you know, like... I mean, as as you all know, Matthew Lillard, he has signed a three-picture deal with Blumhouse. If mm. the FNAF movie goes well, which it should be going well, as this has been development for the past seven or eight years, I can't remember, um, there is a chance that we might be getting a trilogy. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. that, and that means that they could cover a lot... Since in the first movie they're covering the three games, in the second movie they could be covering FNAF, uh, Sister Location and FNAF 6. So I kind of feel like they wouldn't. But this is where it gets a little complicated because in our timeline, surely Afton Robotics and Sister Location would happen before he's Springtrap, which apparently is being covered in the film. And also with FNAF 4, that's a big point because the bite of 83, obviously. and you know, well, honestly, we just we just don't know, you know. You, you just like, don't know, and obviously Vanessa from Security Breach, right? <laughs> Why is she in one to three of the game series? We we don't know these things, so I feel like we have to see of, they, how this they, movie they all, goes. They all have it planned out somehow. Scott and Jason Blum and Emma Tammy wrote this script. Yeah, they know what they're uh, doing. They, they they're making this for the fans, you know. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. And they're going. And they, Scott Scott has this vision in his head. He made the games. He he knows what his fandom enjoys watching. He knows what people want. Yeah, yeah. he's gonna do it. You know, he's yeah. gonna let us enjoy it. You know, hundred percent. Okay, my final expectation for the movie is gonna be the community, right? Because I know that this is gonna attract new fans to the franchise but also it's gonna you know bring back older fans as well and bring back people's childhoods and well just everything in between really it's gonna bring a wide audience so i'm really hoping that the movie is good enough to attract new fans and then bring them into the community make them enjoy the game series 
get into you know uh, just the entire community as a whole and I think for you know people like FNAF YouTubers uh, people who stream the FNAF games and just basically anyone who does FNAF stuff I feel like it's a great time for them and I'm expecting that the community grows it gets bigger and better and we get a ton more fans and just basically support really and I'm, I'm hoping that it brings a whole new fan base into this and even raises a new generation of FNAF fans as well mm -hmm. so there you go there you have yeah, it yeah I agree I agree I want to say, like, thanks for having me on the podcast, you know. Hopefully I'll be here for the next episode. I really enjoyed it. I never thought I'd get to talk to you people. It's definitely, mm -hmm. it's definitely, um, gave me a lot more inspiration. I just want to say thank you. You're mm -hmm. very welcome. Uh, anytime. And I'm sure you will, you know, come back for another episode on the podcast. And I'll definitely be ha happy to have you on again. Uh, and honestly, just thank you for taking part. Yeah, yeah no problem. Um, Thank you for having me on too. Um, this was this was really fun. And if you ever want me back on, just shoot me a DM, and I'll uh, I'll be of ready course. to answer. Of course. Uh, you you guys don't have to say thank you to me. I meant I meant to say thank you to the viewers for for listening. Oh, and thank you guys. <laughs> oh yeah. For being thank, awesome. thank thank you all so much for. Okay, so that is where I'm gonna end it. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast, and be sure to come back for another episode. We're going to be dropping episodes all the time. So <laughs> make sure you come back in for another episode on the podcast. And for now, we'll see you all next time. Thanks for tuning in.